Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. So Caroline, there are two types of COVID treat- uh, treatments that are in development right here in Australia. Over to you, tell us all about them. Yeah, so I guess this is kind of like some good COVID news. It's easy to talk about the doom and gloom of it, but there is a bit of hope with new treatments being developed. So we have our vaccines on the way to pretty much being well-developed and being handed out all over the place, lots of different types of vaccines. But now we are some Australian scientists have two, two groups of researchers. I'm going to talk to you quickly about two different types of treatments. We've got scientists here in Queensland um, who there's two groups, there's two different types of treatment for COVID. I'll just go through. The first one is scientists from QMIR, Berghofer Medical Research Institute of Queensland, have developed two types of drugs for the treatment of COVID-19. One is to prevent infection from the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and the other is to treat people who've already been infected and to prevent severe disease happening. The findings were published in the Journal of Nature Cell Discovery on the May on May 24th, 2021. So this is very recent. In the journal, they mentioned that even though there are some drugs available to treat severe COVID-19 disease, such as remdesivir and other corticosteroids, there's still a high morbidity and mortality even when these kinds of drugs are used. Also, asymptomatic people are able to shed the virus over an extended duration and you know they may be going around spreading the disease. Mass vaccinations take time and not everyone will respond well to the vaccine or even some people don't want to take the vaccine for various reasons. So they're developing a therapeutic treatment which uses the mechanisms of infection by the virus in the cell um, as an additional tool with you know to go along with vaccinations um, to help fight the virus and to prevent the spread in populations, you know. The SARS-CoV-2 virus, okay, so we're getting into the biochemistry a little bit here. It's <laughs> it all yours. <laughs> it uses an ACE2 cellular receptor, so it's a little protein that sits inside the cell membrane, and it's expressed or found in the cell membrane of the lung, the kidney, and gastrointestinal tract cells. And we know that with, you know, bad covid disease that you can be affected not just in the lungs but you know in all of these organs as well. So the ACE2 receptor protein has become the target of their research and the target of this therapy because it binds to the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein and that's how it lets the virus into the cell and let it replicate and go on to cause disease. So it's kind of a lock and key mechanism. SARS-CoV-2 virus comes along to this receptor and they you know kind of the virus then unlocks the cell and it enters. One of the cells that one of the researchers, <laughs> um, Professor Suda Rao, said that they were able to develop the drugs after discovering that some people have a chemical tag which acts like a padlock to the ACE2 receptor. 
She says the tag can either keep the receptor locked or open, control infection. This means people who have the padlock-like tag on their ACE2 receptors will be less susceptible to SARS-CoV-2 and those without the tag are more vulnerable to the infection. Our drugs stop the tag being removed and also protect the untagged ACE2 receptors from being infected. So I had a little read of their um, paper and I just got out some of the the very basic biochemistry of it, but so, and I just <laughs> to explain is, how is there such thing as basic biochemistry? <laughs> uh, no, so <laughs> it took me quite a bit to decipher. Lucky I have a little bit of a background, but it was very interesting. Their therapy uses a peptide. Do you want to know what a peptide is? So it's a short, it. <laughs> a short chain of amino acids between two and fifty amino acids linked together by peptide bonds. And then these peptides can go on to make proteins and long chains, and, and proteins are basically just long chains of amino acids. So I think everyone's probably familiar with the idea of a, a protein, but um, a peptide is just a very, very short chain of these amino acids. So for the SARS-CoV-2 virus to enter the cell, you've got, they found that there's the ACE2 protein, and then it's got a little friend, a little protein next to it called, called LSD1, which is they're calling it an epigenetic eraser enzyme. Now, when we're talking about epigenetics, we're talking about factors that will influence gene expression. So you can be exposed to something in an environment and it will cause genes to be expressed or not expressed, something like that. So mm-hmm. basically, binding of the virus, when we're talking about the vi- binding of the COVID-2 virus, What LSD1 does, it causes the demethylation of ACE2. So what that does, picture the ACE2 protein sitting in the cell membrane. The LSD1 takes a methyl group off. Now, methyl group is a very tiny molecule that's attached to the protein. But when the methyl group or molecule is removed... The SARS-CoV-2 virus then is able to bind to the ACE2 protein. And the idea with the drugs is that this peptide will inhibit the function of the LSD1 protein and it will reduce entry of the virus into your cell. So the peptide drug actually binds to the ACE2 protein and they have the second drug that they've made works in the same way, but it works inside the cell. So one will work on the outside, one will work on the inside. And so they're saying one drug will act like a cloak around the cell and prevent the virus entering into a cell and and by binding to the receptor. And the second drug prevents the virus replicating if it does get into the cell. And the first drug, you know, by binding, it kind of cloaks the cell. So you get SARS-CoV-2 kind of going through the bloodstream looking for cells to bind to, but there'll be the peptide already bound to the cell and it can't mm. see the receptors. So it's kind of hiding, hiding the cells that may express these receptors. So I thought that's really quite interesting thinking and interesting discovery to make. Um, it's quite detailed and, uh, you know, a, a very cool you know, just another way of thinking of how <laughs> Lino's making a very confused face. <laughs> <laughs> you heard his brain. No, it's like, when you said peptides, I, yeah. I think back way back, oh, 
acid and saga. Um, what, what was peptides? Oh, of course, was yeah, a, yeah, the drug scandal. A, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a little amino, a little group of amino acids. They would be using it to build up their muscles, like proteins, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So okay. We're talking about a very, very small chain here, and it just... It's about to say. Yeah, mm. It, it, mm. It's, not a, it's not anything to do with you're allowed to take yeah. it. See if sports people will be allowed to take this one. And, and it will help to prevent a person getting the disease. And it will also help. To, so if your cells are infected, it will stop the disease, you know, will stop repl- replication of the virus once it's in the cell. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah. the research is conducted on COVID-19 patient blood and on human cells. And these COVID-19 patients were, um, you know, people who've, who've had the disease and, you know, different variants of the the disease and so on. And um, there's been testing done on hamsters and um, the peptide. Sorry, guys. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then the peptide drugs are being used at the preclinical and clinical research at IDMIT in France with promising results, which is great. Um, They found that the drug is non-toxic. It doesn't have side effects. Um, It can be stored at room temperature, which is great because there's no issue with having to store at very cold temperatures or anything like that. And the next step now is to start clinical trials, and they're hoping to do that as soon as possible and hopefully to have this therapeutic drug available mid-next year in 2022. You know, you can imagine having such a treatment around, you know, if say there's an outbreak like here in Melbourne and there are people who need to be protected but they haven't been vaccinated, you can give them this drug and they'll be protected from the virus. Awesome. So I'll, I'll explain there's one more which is really cool as well. Some Queensland researchers from Menzies Health Institute in Queensland at Griffith University, in conjunction with some researchers from the US, uh, Research Institute um, of the City of Hope, they began research last April, and they've kind of designed a seek and destroy mission through their through their drugs. This is the kind of thing for patients who are already unwell with COVID nineteen, and they're. Kind of, they've developed a gene silencing RNA technology. So Ooh. what happens is this affects attacks the virus genome directly. So this one goes straight for the the DNA. Like there's no chance. Oh um, wow! It, and it, it wow. just stops the virus dead in its track. It cannot spread. So what they're doing is using nanoparticles um, that seeks out the virus within the lung cells through the bloodstream, and it goes and attacks the virus. Other body parts aren't harmed or affected with this technology. It's pretty much, a like they said, seek and destroy. Seek um, and destroy, yes. Wow. yes. Cool. Professor McMillan, one of the researchers, explains that it's not a cure, but it's a therapy that can reduce the amount of virus in the lung by 99.9%, wow. which is yes, excellent. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And yeah. they've designed this one for people who are, say, in ICU, really suffering, where vaccination is too late. So it can, it can actually help people to stop dying if they've been treated soon enough. The virus can be destroyed in the body, and then the body can start to heal itself, and then, you know, the person can recover. The great thing about this one is it works on all variants of the virus, um, as well as SARS and MERS, which 
belongs to this ah. two beta coronaviruses that the SARS COVID two yes. virus belongs to. We talked about it probably quite a few episodes ago now. A while ago, yes, yeah. yeah. Because it attacks specific region of the genome. So, yeah, it's just such a great development. Um, you can save a lot of people's lives with this. It's stable at four degrees and uh, it can be stored for 12 months at four degrees. So this is also another treatment that goes along, you know, with vaccines as well. So, and they mentioned too, say, for example, you're in hotel quarantine and there are people infected, you can also take this. And if there's any, if you've become started to become infected, you can also get rid of the virus in your body. So right. for me, this is exciting, good news. You know, we are making progress on the way to knocking this virus on the head. Hopefully they can get it out really soon and out mm. to countries who are really suffering oh, from yes, the disease. Thinking, right, yeah, like um, India at the moment. That's those right. Poor people that, yeah, this would be a miracle exactly. for a country like India and some others that are there struggling are, right there now. There are many exactly. countries mm-hmm. who are really suffering with this. Yeah, no, this is very exciting and I was really happy to be able to bring such good news. I know that there are other kinds of therapies being developed all around the world, but since these were uh, being developed here in Australia, yeah. I, I wanted to highlight them. Really good. Yeah. Can, I ask, can I throw a couple of questions your way? You They're simple try. questions, don't worry. So, <laughs> yeah. so the, the first one, uh, so which protects a person's cell from being recognized by the virus, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Yes, so, yes. Um, but is that would that be in lieu of a vaccine, or would you need a vaccine a, as well? So like, could you take one or the other? Or no, no, you would. It's probably best to be vaccinated because then you would have to keep kind of taking the therapy. The, the therapy is there as another form of protecting, you know, something to protect you. If say if you're going into an environment where you know the SARS-CoV two around, um, you can have this and you will be protected. You know, while you take while you're taking the therapy. So, um, and the other one, you would say if the one uh, if person is in ICU, they would need to take an injection once uh, for every day for five days. You know, so there. I think they're still yeah. working out how exactly to use them as well. But the yep. best protection is to be vaccinated because your body will recognize the virus in your body. And it will attack it, and the immune response will be triggered, and you know your body will fight it off. But yep. this is another protection on top of that, you know, something sure. to use with it. Yeah, and the, the second um, therapy you mentioned clearly, you yeah. But if you weren't vaccinated and you got ill, like you said, in hotel quarantine or something, it would seek and destroy. And was it ninety nine percent of the virus? Ninety nine point nine percent. So yeah, it would get rid of the virus in your body. Yeah, whether you've got a lot of it or a little. So it's great. Yeah. Um, and so the other question I wanted to ask, so you talked about the duration of that first therapy. So it's not one that you could just take and you're protected forever. Um, but the other thing I was going to ask was, um, how is it administered? Are we talking about a pill or it's about an IV? They're still running clinical trials on that one. But they, yeah, a, a peptide, I guess you could, you would have to ingest. I mean, uh, well, not necessarily because you could be given it as an injection as well. I didn't get to see exactly how they're going to administer that one, but yeah, at least um, I just thought the functioning of <laughs> the actual peptide was really interesting with that one. So, uh, you guys, I was thinking, well, what about when we, when the time comes? Probably, sadly, very long ago. <laughs> Hopefully, not too long. Is that we go overseas? So we get with vaccinations. How long will that vaccination last for? You know what I mean. Yeah. So let's say you, you get vaccinated today. 
and then you're planning to go overseas in about, what, three or four months. Is that vaccination still inside you, Caroline? And yeah. you don't have to take it off? Yeah. So from when I was doing the research on these vaccinations, as far as I know, they last, they, this is still very early and actually we're not really 100% sure. They, def- they know that definitely you have to have a booster shot every year. So it's going to become like the flu shot where you need to take it every year. Um, They were saying it can last about six months, but, you know, I'm imagining that maybe it would last longer. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, so you definitely need to have booster shots with this. Um, Gotcha. I think you could probably go and do an antibody test to see the level of antibodies in your body and to see if you've got the right level of protection after being vaccinated. I think if you've got an antibody load um, after having the disease, that does go down over time. So, but the vaccination, it lasts longer than that. So, um, yeah. yeah. I don't, it's, it's like, you know, when you want to go overseas, you get the hepatitis A shot, right? Yeah. A B shot now. Yeah. And now you get to take an, you have to take a vaccination shot to make sure you protect yourself when you go overseas. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. Yeah. It's just, it's just going to be interesting when you want to go overseas, then you have to time it. Sense. I yeah, there, I would. I'd definitely make sure yeah. I'm up to date with my COVID-19 and whatever else you have to take. It's very wise to Depending do Depending on that. where you go. Yeah, That's they right. well, recommendations. Yeah. So if you go to your GP and say, hey, I'm going to this country, they'll say, well, we recommend that you are vaccinated for this. Yes. this, and this, and this. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I went, when I went to Thailand, I had to get vaccinated with something. Even when I went to Peru for quite a while ago now, but I think there was a yellow fever vaccination that they recommended to take as well. So, yeah, it's, it can be region-specific, but I think COVID-19 now is kind of world-specific, you know, Earth-specific, so it's best to be up-to-date with that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's move from this planet, Caroline, to another, another heavenly body. Uh, so this week, guys, in, uh, in Melbourne, we were very, very fortunate to not have a cloudy sky because we got to witness oh. uh, all of it in totality, Ooh. a beautiful lunar eclipse. Now, it had a different kind of name, but Caroline, can you tell us what you saw this week? Yeah, so there was the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we did have a full lunar eclipse, the total lunar eclipse that happened, was it Thursday night? Wednesday night was Wednesday night. night. Yeah, Wednesday night. Um, Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes, uh, it started from about. It's. I think the eclipse started about eight thirty p.m. And 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 thank you to the moon and the planet Earth for doing it at a decent time and not two a.m. or something. Yeah, two a.m. was really good. Morning. Last time, I think a few years ago, there was an eclipse and it was like two a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I looked outside and went back to bed, but yes. <laughs> but Lena, uh, I don't know. Lena, you and I were, were talking about if it was going to be cloudy or not, because usually oh, when we want to see something, I it know. always ends up cloudy. It's cloudy. But yeah. it's a Melbourne rarity to have uh, something happening in the night sky exactly. with no clouds, no that clouds. Were at, at a decent oh. time that you could yeah, actually yeah. win. It wasn't windy. It was Beautiful, crisp, clear night. Um, so it I was just, just cold, but that you can handle. <laughs> it was cold, but I rugged up. Um, I had my PJs on. I had a big coat. I had my, um, what do you call it, nice Ugg boots on and a beanie. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so um, I was all ready. Um, so, um, yeah, it started about 8.30 when the shadow started. Um, it went till about 9.30 or so. But we had a total eclipse. Um, and we could see the moon went really dark red. And, awesome. um, mm. 
yeah, it was an ex- it was a spectacular sight to see the Earth's shadow completely cover the moon. Uh, it it was just amazing. I got my children out. I let them stay up late, and we watched it together. <laughs> I took some photos, which actually turned out not too bad. I tried to get my telescope out, but unfortunately, yeah, I so bought <laughs> I bought a very heavy base, and I couldn't get it out. So I have learnt next time to get my small one out, which I'm now going to put out there to be temp- to be permanent, the same as my large telescope, and um. Because it's still very good for viewing the moon. I'm kind of kicking myself, but that's okay. I'll be ready next time. And, um, yeah, so I took some beautiful photos um, just with my camera. And, yeah, it was it was amazing. Such a beautiful thing to see. I'm so glad we got to see it. Was it yeah. the last Did time we had something? Did you get a chance to see it, Lino? Oh, uh, well, we had, uh, I missed the other one. Uh, was it a lunar eclipse? Was it, no, no, it was eclipse of, uh, was it Caroline Saturn? Oh, uh, yeah, the conjunction. Conjunction. That was last year. And I year. thought to myself and I went, oh, I've got to wait another 60 years for this. <laughs> well, you went, good so news, cloudy. you only have to wait five years for the next exactly. one. Exactly. For the next, for this one, I went, for the if next I miss this, I'll wait five clip. years. That's cool. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. We'll have Mission Parishes yeah. set up by then as well. So you, yeah. <laughs> so we can all watch it together. We all can yes. watch it together. But, yep. yeah, definitely, if if this happens in the next five years, I definitely highly recommend going out and really experiencing just stopping life for a while, going outside, being with nature, being with the natural occurrences of the sky. And it just, it just makes you think, because, you know, the shadow, it goes over the moon and you just think, wow, Earth must be so much bigger yeah, than yeah. the moon to be exactly. able to fully eclipse it. And uh, I just, yeah, it just you just start, you know, whenever you look at space, you look up at the night sky, you start pondering and it just brings out that in you and it's so peaceful and calming. So apart from just the scientific side, there's the human side, you know, we can't help being connected to, to nature and um, God's creation. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, one last uh, bit of moon news. So I was uh, every now and then I check out <laughs> space.com, which has a great, uh, they just have great articles on things that are currently happening in, in um, around the world of space and space science. And uh, they have an article um, which is all about the Japanese space agency who are, I'm just falling in love. I just love. Yeah, pretty cool. Let me tell you why I love the Japanese space agency so much. They are, they are, um, we talked about, um, was that, uh, was it the Hayabusa probe? Hayabusa 2, yeah. Yeah, Bruce yeah. 2, yeah. And the like mini rovers and shooting asteroids with, you yeah. know, dropping off a sample to Earth and moving on and then to the next going, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I just love these compact, um, um, you know, modular kind of designs that they do. So they're sending, um, they are going to be sending uh, a lander to the moon next year and it's called Hakuto R. And it, uh, it's basically, um, it's got uh, all these different, you know, modules that people can attach cameras and sensors and all kinds of things to, which is amazing in itself. And uh, in the link that I'll share, there's a great video showing how, it's, how the landing system works. It, they, they, it, it's pretty much an advertising video because then it's like, and it's got landing legs to minimize the shock. <laughs> and you your, your devices will yeah, be powered yeah, by batteries yeah. with large solar panels and all that. You know, it's, uh, I just love all this. It's great. Yeah. Um, and it shows how it flies to the moon and the landing, whatever. However, what is really cool are two things. One is, and Lino, you and I were having a, a good laugh about this the other day, is the Toyota Land Rover Mars Rover, which oh is so goodness. cool. So right, so, oh, my yeah. 
So Toyota is making a, a, a basically a, um, a, a, a space a, rover. It's a, a space, space rover. rover. Yeah, for, yeah, I, for I humans to, say, to drive around I, in. I can't. I was going to say Land Rover, but I, like I said, you guys, are, I just take it. Yeah, it <laughs> has. take it. You yeah. can't yeah. do that. However, However I, I want to see two astronauts jumping in front of it, going, "Oh, <laughs> what, what a feeling!" Toyota. Oh. <laughs> they don't have to jump so high, don't they? Yeah. They, they just have a little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other really, really cool thing, and this is what really got my attention, is that they are next year they'll also send as part of that mission a baseball-sized rover, like a mini rover, um, to the moon. And it's basically a ball, uh, and it does open up, um, and it's got some basic sensors to um, to measure space dust, uh, sorry, space, um, moon dust, yes. which apparently can be corrosive to yeah, certain things. Yeah, it's quite so they sticky, wanna, yeah. Yeah, so they, they want to measure it, analyze it, and things like that. But this thing, I just want everyone to imagine, like, it looks a bit like BB-8 in some kinds of ways. Yes, oh, it really does. I just want to see this thing rolling around on the moon. True, and in fact, they need to paint true. it BB-8, BB-8 oh, colors. They should. Oh, wow. It's a must. Yeah, Disney Star yeah. Wars isn't on that one, guys. Yeah. Uh, tell that yeah. we're going that one. Yep. Yeah. And it's just a little transformable lunar, um, lunar robot. So it's, Transformable. It, um, that is the word, guys. It transforms, yeah. And that is so Japanese cartoon. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of so Japanese cartoon. I, that, I love it. I love it so much. I love so how much. they think outside the box. It's, yeah, definitely. It's amazing. So, so smart, yeah. So um, yeah. There are there are some great images of the concept of it. There are some still th- some things that are unknown about it, but there are some images on the website. Uh, the link that I'm going to share in our show notes showing it in ball mode and then in transformed mode where it <laughs> so opens good. up and the instrument pops out. Yeah. So love um, it. Yeah, I, I really want to see live footage of this oh, when it's doing goodness, its thing. Yes. It's, yeah, I just want to see a little ball, like a little yeah. baseball rolling around yeah. on the surface of the moon. <laughs> I think the moon is going to be crowded very soon. Everybody's going there. I was it's the place guys. to be. Yeah. 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 Lots of rovers, lots of a people. Lot of rovers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably not so, so busy as a Monash, but anyway, that's, that's beside the point. Oh, it may. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I've got is just some really cheeky news about um, some moon landing. So... We know that there are there's some rivalry between the different uh, yes, you know, corporations that are that are um, <laughs> trying to send you know trying to send you things to the moon. So Blue Origin, um, who uh, who lost the bid for the human last landing system to uh, to SpaceX, uh, they said the following: the human landing system program needs competition, not the delay of starting over. The national team has an open architecture, deep experience, massive self funded investments, and a safe, low risk design to return to the moon. Let's go, Artemis. To which Elon Musk simply responded, for the low, low price of? <laughs> exactly. That was so funny. <laughs> he kind of trolled. So he's making a comment on how a, a lot of these proposed systems are super expensive. We're talking billions of dollars. And the human landing system um, that Blue Origin, as cool as it is, is basically, it's disposable. It's not reusable. It's, um, yeah, it's and very, very expensive. Whereas Starship is meant to, it's meant to actually be a very low cost option because the because it's reusable, uh, because the technology is there, it's quite advanced, and also because it gives you the potential for a massive payload that you can take to the moon, not just a bunch of people and some small equipment. So uh, yeah, that's the, that's the science one. Anything else we want to add, or I think we're we're good science wise. Well, we could talk so much. So much has been happening, but we'll leave it there. I think. Hey, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah we will bring you more si- more science yes. very soon. It's hard so, to uh, choose actually what to speak about every week. I really have to think of what stands out, and then think, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm going to talk about. There's so well so much to cover. Very well. Yeah. Uh, but everyone who's listening as well, please, uh, we've had a few people send us topics and we'd like to look at those in the future. So if you would like to send us a science topic, 
topic, please do, and we'll um, we're, Caroline will do do a lot of work anyway. <laughs> Leave it yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Caroline's got it. Let Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science and find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash Oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders. And thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest. <laughs>